friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is Sunny Side of Sports. Right here on The Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings, Voice of America listeners. I'm Muck Bill Yabro filling in for Sunny Young today. We'll be talking Champs League and EPL action with Mike Hove at the bottom of the show. Malawian fighter Isaac Golden Boy Chilemba is retiring to focus on his health. And Ugandan journalist and philanthropist Rita Aliguma hosted UEFA president Alexander Serafin to encourage their players. Let's get into the February 28th edition of the sunny side of sports. Starting off the show inside the ring with African boxing Malawian fighter Isaac Golden Boy Chalemba announced his retirement this month, prioritizing his health over continuing his career. The former super middleweight world champion says he's concerned about his eyesight and a broken rib sustained in training. In this sunny side of sports feature presentation, Lamek Masina tells us more about Chalemba's decision to retire and his long career in the fight game. Isaac Golden Boy! Chilemba made his professional debut in 2005 when he stopped South African boxer Tamasa Ngatindren in the second round of a four-round bout. This was just a year after he moved to South Africa from Malawi, where he was born and raised. Chilemba first won the world title in June 2010 against the then undefeated Australian Michael Bolling in an international boxing organization super midweight title bout. Despite being the underdog, he retained the title with a draw against South African Thomas Otuzen later the same year. In 2013, the WBC ranked him the highest in Africa in the light heavyweight category and 12th in the world. The 37-year-old Chilemba, who is 1 meter 83 tall, retires with 27 wins, 9 losses, 3 draws, and 11 knockouts. The golden boy told the sunny side of sports from his base in South Africa that a broken rib makes it the right time to hang up the gloves. I've got a cracked rib which is progress. Every time I get hit, the crack gets wider and wider. It's splitting in half. So that crack, every time I get hit on it or I miss the punch, especially the left hook, and I overextend my ribs, there's a lot of pain. So it's best to call it a day now before I get hurt. Chilemba says he looks back on his boxing career with fond memories, reflecting on the title bout against South Africa and Ostrosen in 2010. He says the matchup sparked some heated pre-fight news conferences. And we had a lot of beef between us from press conferences. This was like two months before the fight. We already started screaming at each other, swearing at each other. It was all over, pushing each other to a point where they had to put a, a barrier between us. It was, you know, it, it was getting to a point of throwing punches at each other before the actual fight. Like when I look back now, I go like, wow. Chilemba says he also looks back on his career with some regrets especially his use of drugs and alcohol. One bad thing that I still do, I've been doing it for more than 20 years of my life, it's smoking cigarettes. That I still do to today. And then drinking, it was here and there to a point where I drank myself almost to a coma and I end up in rehab. You know, and other stuff like weed, there's occasion where I'm out with friends and someone they're sniffing cocaine. I say, ah, let me take a line. 
Chilemba told a local daily newspaper last week that sometimes his terrible hangovers from heavy drinking would result in him losing a fight. He recalled being arrested by police in New York after being found sleeping under a bridge at 2 a.m. after he got drunk and smoked a lot. Regrets aside, Chilemba says when he started as an amateur boxer in Malawi, he never imagined that he would make a successful career in boxing with so many accolades. He says several people, as well as his unwavering fans, contributed tremendously to his success. In particular, Chilemba says Malawi's former national boxing coach, Anderson Kazembe, mentored him from his days in Malawi until his early years in South Africa. Kazembe told the sunny side of sports from South Africa, where he is now based, that Chilemba was a quick learner. He was just a star, and I knew he would have done much better. He would have even gone uh, uh, to win bigger, bigger uh, world titles. He was just gifted. Eh? You don't really get boxers of that nature these days. You don't. He fought very good fights. He was very exceptional. Kazembe says he wants to see Malawi boxing authorities task Chilemba with the responsibility of sharing his 24 years experience in the ring with aspiring and upcoming boxers. Lonzo Zimba is the president of the Professional Boxing Board of Malawi. He says Chilemba has already inspired so many boxers in Malawi who are also winning titles. We have Israel Kamamba, a lightweight category. He's a champion for the uh, International Boxing Federation. Anisha Bashir, who is a champion for African Boxing Union in a lightweight category and champion for Commonwealth Belt. And uh, we have another Ellen Smaga. She has uh, almost three international titles. So we have so many boxers who who are ready to take up where Jiremba has stopped. For now, Jiremba says he will dedicate his energy to running his gym in South Africa, mentoring and training boxers of all ages and sizes. His professional record, 25 victories, including 10 big wins. By- For the sunny side of sports, I am Lamek Masina in Planta, Malawi. Golden Switching to the Africa Games, the Weightlifting Federation of Nigeria says it plans to surpass the 47 medals it won at the 12th African Games. At the 12th Games in Morocco in 2019, weightlifters won 16 gold, 18 silver, and 13 bronze medals for Team Nigeria. A top federation official says although organizers of the 13th Africa Games in Ghana have reduced the number of athletes for the Games to 12 per team, six men and six women, Team Nigeria will strive to win more medals. Ibrahim Abdul is the president of Weightlifting Federations of Nigeria, and he spoke with reporter Mike Mbonye. Yes, um, we have um, 24 athletes currently in camp. We decamped 12 today, so we're going for the African Games with 12 athletes. Six males, six females, four coaches, and um, that's what the reg- that's what the rule is. At the last um, African Games in Morocco, we featured twenty athletes, ten male, ten females. But this year, the regulation have changed. The, the you can only feature six athletes, six male and six female athletes that's what you could future 
the mood in the camp is quite amazing um very good we're in good spirit the athletes are happy they know what is expected of them we trust them they trust us and uh, we we are in a very good mood at the 12th african games in morocco weightlifters won 16 gold 13 silver and 18 bronze medals for team nigeria what's your target for the african games in ghana yes it's true that the last african the 12th african games in morocco weightlifting won 16 gold 13 silver and 18 bronze medal we want to surpass that at this core at the at the 13th african games in ghana we want to we want to win more gold medals than what we did at the last um african games in in morocco even though the chance the at the 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 chances we have based on the numbers of athletes had reduced now we are only featuring six athletes in the male category and six in the female category but at the last african games we were able to feature 10 athletes both for, uh, in male category and and 10 athletes in the female category but however because of our prepared uh, of the level of prepare uh, of preparations we've put into this because of the caliber of the athletes that we have they are elite athletes i know we will win more gold medals than what we had in the african in the in the 12th african game in morocco Every, all hands are on deck we've done our own part we are currently training we've been in camp for some time now and we pray translate into medals because that's what we want to do we want to win as many as possible medals are you anticipating challenge from north africans and what's your message to nigerians on your expectations from the games of course the north african countries will, will always give and pose a very serious challenge to us because they are always our rivals we compete we have this um, positive um competition spirit between us and them and uh, hopefully this time around we come up victorious we we know that their government support them a lot the kind of support they get the kind of infrastructure the kind of equipment they have is very is very up to date and and so because of that they are they pose very big challenge to us most times but however because we are nigerians we are very determined we are, we are strong we are, we are rugged we are the nigerian spirit is in us and so because we don't when whenever we have to, we fly on our green white green we will surely put up our best outing and so and so we will surely come up victorious talking about targets like i said i i want to do better than what we did in the last um, african games in morocco where we won 16 medals so anything from 16 is good for us anything above 16 is what we want to win i have my projection but uh, i want to watch and see how it unfolds but i know i would do we would do better than what we did 
in Morocco, even though we have less athletes now compared to what we had in Morocco. That was Ibrahim Abdul, president of the Weightlifting Federation of Nigeria. He spoke with reporter Mike Mbonye on the phone from Abuja, Nigeria. Moving over to Uganda, Ugandan journalist and philanthropist Rita Aleguma has embarked on a mission to transform communities through sports and enterprise. Through her foundation, the Aleguma Foundation, she recently hosted the UEFA president Alexander Seferin to speak words of encouragement to budding players. Reporter Mugume Davis Rakaringji has more from Kampala, Uganda. Wednesday greetings to Tusani and our listeners. Dozens of youth grace the scorching sunshine at Acholikota's playground at Chireka suburb in the Ugandan capital Kampala to engage in various sports disciplines such as netball, rugby and football. Some years back, this pitch used to be muddy with lots of potholes and there were barely any balls to use, says 17-year-old the gracious educate. We had our small teams here. We, we used to divide ourselves and we play. Uh, we used to make, we used to have the polythene bags plus some, you know, sometimes we used to put even some stones to add in the ball so that it can be very heavy and so so that we can play with it very well. We used to fix those polythene bags so that we can make a ball so that we can enjoy in our pitch here. Yeah. Ejakate, who plays as a goalkeeper and captains the under-17 team, says Playing such a ball in a muddy surface was a tall order. At times, they would pick injuries. He says he's inspired by some Uganda national team players who graduated here, such as Sadat Anaku, who now plays for Dunda United in the Scottish Premier League. Right now, we don't play with polythene bags. Polythene bags, we stopped from the day Aliguma stepped in this pitch. Our lives changed for sure. We, we are now playing with balls. I never had gloves. I used to just catch the ball with the free hands, but right now I'm having my gloves, I'm having my playing boots, I'm having everything that I want right now. My, my dreams in playing football is to become a big star in Uganda and to represent my country in the national team. I'm not just playing football for fun or for just for my friends to see me. He's not alone, it's such a big dreams. The name is called Lalengo Leticia and I'm the captain of under 15 girls. When I started football, I started when I was... 12 years old. I used to play in the Slam Soccer Academy, but by that time we had no coaches, we had no playing kits, we had no boots, we had no cones. I want to achieve more in my life and in my football. So every morning I wake up, get my boots, get my playing gadgets, I come to the field, train, go back, help my parents with some works. After then, in the evening, I come back and train so that I can be more better, so that most of the people also, they can be proud of me so that they can see me also on the TV. Driven by both the kindness and compassion from her late mother and us, she started a Ligma Foundation with hopes of transforming her community through sports and enterprise. In 2017, when I was moving down the slums of Acholi quarters, I met a young girl called Janet, who is still support up to date. And she was nine years old in P6 class at that time and the scorching sunshine in the stone quarry. 
As a journalist, I walked to her and asked her why she was there, yet she's supposed to be in class. She told me she was a fist defaulter and she had been sent back. So she was doing that to sell those stones and contribute towards the school fees. At that tender age, I really felt sorry. It was a burden to my soul. I went back home the next day. I used my savings to pay her school fees. As a sports journalist, Rita Ariguma says she knew school alone wasn't enough for Janet and her peers. Starting as male slam soccer, where some weekend sports activities used to entertain young people, the foundation also introduced some clinics and tournaments to give a chance to talented slam dwellers. Thomas Bongomin, who coaches the under-13 soccer team, says he's proud and grateful to be part of the team that is positively changing his community. When we look at the young kids, the ones of the medium size plus the big ones, plus even the elder ones are now playing and they are very active. In fact, there are now different games right here in this area. You see that everyone is doing exercise. Actually, there are those even who never used to play. Let's say those, the youth who were really active in um, doing a lot of drug abuse. You know, in this ghetto, a lot of things are happening violence, drug abuse, young mothers are there. But right now with sports, it's, it's, everything has really changed. The foundation also provides hands-on skills such as craft and liquid soap making to improve dwellers' livelihoods. Ali Guma also invites special guest speakers to motivate the budding players. One of the recent guests here is Alexander Cephalin, the UEFA president, who along with other UEFA legends, played the charity football match in Uganda. Football is maybe the most powerful thing in the world, and we ca- we shouldn't see that football. Uh, we th- uh, shouldn't think that football is only top class football. That football is just show. Football can be a force for good, and we should use it to do good things. And this is one of the things that we are doing. Midfielder, 18 year old, Anik Flavia Peace, chases land a lot, listening to friends' words of encouragement. I was very happy to see them. It gave me a lot of energy. Like I felt like I'm someone very important because it it isn't easy. Like someone big like that coming from the other side up to here only to see our what our goals. Like it gave me a lot of energy. Like to continue with the, what I'm doing. Ali Guma has also opened similar centers in other parts of the country under a program. Ndimwana, the private girl child. She says the foundation has been able to dispute over 600,000 sandal pads to girls, especially from slums. Her foundation also gives psychosocial support. Seeing children get decent education, get into different clubs, women being empowered, I really get excited about the future. We've seen some of our players being elevated from the slum soccer tournament to better clubs. For example, Joseph Ochaya played from this Kataka Soka Peach, and now he's better. If you look at Sadara Naku, now playing for Dundi FC in Scotland, he was playing in our Slam Soka tournament and has always promised to come back and encourage other kids within the community. For the center side of sports, I am Mugume, Davis Rwakarinjini Kampala, Uganda. Now on to EPL and Champions League football. In the studio, I have with me my guy, Mike Hove. Mike, welcome to the show. What's good, my guy? Yes, bro. 
Let's start off with the EPL race. It is very, very uh, tight at the top. Uh, mm-hmm. Liverpool, Man City, Arsenal, all less than a game, um, you know, splitting all of them. Uh, right. What are your thoughts on the next 12 games and who looks like they can get the job done? Listen, this is going to be a really, really interesting race. Um, it, they're all about three points apart at best. Um, Liverpool right now sitting on 60, 60 points. Uh, City sitting on 59 and Arsenal sitting on 58. All it takes is one fumble and that is it. Um, it's really interesting, Liverpool sitting on top, but they have a mountain of injuries, bruv. Like, probably about 13, if not 12 players. Uh, some are looking like they might come back. Some are looking like they might not make it back. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, merely because I can only imagine, you know, if you're in the mind of a Mo Salah, for example, you're in the latest stages of your career, um, you just, you can taste the championship. I can only see him forcing himself to come out of injury, uh, which doesn't really benefit the squad at best because all it takes is one simple clipping and that's it, you're out. Um, City looking good. They're about to face Manchester United. Now, listen, I'm a United fan, but reality strikes. Sometimes we know City's looking dangerous, man. And we know City are the marathon runner. If City was African, City would be Kenyan or Somalian, man. (laughs) (laughs) They start slow, take their time, and they catch you at the end. That end bend is where they get you. City's looking amazing right now. Mm -hmm. They, they, Kevin De Bruyne is alive. Erlen Haaland's alive. They're looking hot. Hungrier than ever. Yeah. All it takes is one small fumble. And then, of course, Arsenal, the biggest chokers they are. You look like you might just make your history and come back. So it's going to be interesting to see. Listen, like I repeat, this is definitely one EPL season that I am looking forward to seeing how it concludes. Yo, no, absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, Arsenal, you know, me as an Arsenal fan, I still have to be objective here. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Last year, we were at the top of the table for entirely too long bottled it. Uh, for us to bottle <laughs> the league. It, it happens. It, there was a young team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like this year they're showing a lot more maturity maturity growth um we also had that spill uh which were kind of like uh london derbies that Mm -hmm. we lost a couple but Mm -hmm. it was earlier on enough that right now the marathon is on and it seems like arsenal are clicking on all cylinders at the moment in the english premier league right um Going up against a team like Sheffield United, Mm -hmm. Uh, if we're looking at standings, Sheffield is at the very bottom, uh, looking like at the moment they're in that relegation zone. So if it's, you know, any indication of how Arsenal's been playing, they should be able to win. Uh, But you never know with the EPL, man. The game that's going to determine who's going to win EPL, in my opinion, is on uh, March 31. Arsenal, Man City. Okay. If you guys, for whatever reason, God strikes you with blessings Uh and you beat City, that's it. That's it. You're making history. Question. What about Liverpool versus Man City Sunday, March 10th? Do you not think that is a a bigger... Because depending on if Liverpool is able to beat Man City, right? Then... EPL looks like that that should be theirs unless they fumble, right? Mm -hmm. Um, If Man City beats them, then now they're starting to show us that that, that last lap, right? They start picking up the pace. If it's a draw, that's great for Arsenal. But now whatever happens, so here's the thing. Even if Man City wins that, I think if you guys somehow are able to keep your momentum and stop Man City dead in their tracks, you're going to take it. For sure. Um, Liverpool... Once again, the mountain of injuries, I think, is just something that's going to... Uh, you need... It's 12 games left, Yeah, bro. you need like, depth. You're right. You need the and depth. This is de- when the depth counts more than anything. One, Liverpool's in way too many comps, right? 
all this counts. Uh, you know, them winning Carabao Cup, I do applaud them. They went up against Chelsea. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that squad has it in them to take on a Man City or an Arsenal. It's it's That's a whole it's, different ball game we're talking about. It's here. definitely going to be tough. Um, I, I think Arsenal also has a lot of their players coming back from injury right, right at the right time. So, Man City is pretty much full squad at right. the moment. Uh, so we'll keep that in mind. Question, Man mm-hmm. City versus Man United. Although United, your team, United, has not been performing well, they usually do great, at least for the pride when yes. it comes to yes. Derby. Yes. What are the odds that, you know, this team kind of has this? Because if you remember last season, they had a moment kind of around this a time brief. where they kind of turned it around mm-hmm. and were mm-hmm. able to finish top four. Could this be that igniting factor for them to feel like, look, City could potentially win again, right? Right. We, if we can show ourselves and our quality against a team like this, like City. we deserve to finish up higher. Could this happen? Now, the interesting part with United is, A, we also have a mountain of injuries, right? So we have a lot of players that, that are out. Um, I just don't see United having it in them uh, with with a couple of players out. Hoylud is still out. Luke Shaw is still out. These are our prime players who, if they were back, I think we'd be talking a whole different story. But without Hoylud out, we're, we're having to play Rashford up front uh, as a number nine. That's not his strongest position. But we don't have anyone else. The, the next best option will be to play Martial, which is not really your greatest starting point. Um, so... All these things, I think, come back to play. However, like you did highlight, um, I, I think there's two things that might happen here. The first option is if Man City, for whatever reason, Pep Guardiola decides that this is not a game to take seriously, which is very unlikely, uh, and he brings a second or third squad stream where he takes out Kevin De Bruyne, takes out Haaland, then maybe United has a time to, to at the very least, hold them down to a draw. Uh, but if Pep comes with a full squad, uh, it's, it, it's going to be a long night for United. Yeah, no, uh, I think uh, you touched on a lot of great points. I think Pep even made a mistake in my eyes when he didn't play uh, KDB in their last uh, Prem match. Um, he's going to play KDB in the rest of the game. Right, right, All right. All comps. Right, and I think I think he should because, like you said, it's a marathon at that mm-hmm. moment. So uh, right before we're, we're about to wrap up shortly, let's uh, quickly delve into uh, Champs League. Um if you were to say, what were your more exciting, uh, some of the matches that excited you in that first leg? Off top, I'll say Barcelona-Napoli. Uh, mm-hmm. um, it was good to see Victor Osimhen in his element. It was good to see the, the big ass striking and just showing his superstardom. I think that was exciting. Um, Arsenal, you uh, going down in that last like dying minutes of the game. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in leg two as they come over to your home. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those are the two big games. Uh, Dortmund PSV is also another one that stood out to me. Okay, um, I think they were one all in their first leg. Uh, it's going to be another interesting one to see what happens as they move forward. Question: uh, PSG Real Sociedad. Do we believe in this PSG team? Um. So here's the interesting part. Uh, I think the PSG D- team has a uh, he has uh, to, uh, a statement to be made. Um, Mbappe is on his way out, likely. Uh, he has declared that, hey, I'm not renewing my contract with PSG. Now, whether or not they turn the tide and somehow convince him to stay, that's a whole different chat. But mm-hmm. for now, uh, he's on his last legs out. I would, think would he would he stay if they won Champs League? 
I don't, I don't think so. Um, I think, I think that 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 Real Madrid scent is it's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. I know usually, usually it's just talk, right? Uh, but now the fact that he's declared that he's not renewing with PSG, I think that for me says a lot. And I, and there's no other place that it looks like he could go. But Mike, did he not sit down with the president? The president, but he, apparently the president still was like, "Hey, hey do your do thing. your thing, Playboy, do your <laughs> thing." Um, so it's gonna be interesting. Um, so yeah, I, I think uh, this PSG team has a point to make if Mbappe somehow is able to win Champs League for them that would be a great way for him to part cool man I like that uh, lastly Bayern Munich what are oh, your Lord. thoughts on Bayern uh, they lost to Lazio uh, 1-0 not only about their second leg but in the Bundesliga they're looking like uh, it's been very tough for them Bayern for whatever reason someone cursed them and it's looking really in- uninteresting Bayern Munich is not looking like Bayern Munich this season uh, they're looking like they might crash out of Champs League. They bottled the league. They're 12 points down. This is very interesting to see uh, how German football is evolving, in my opinion. Um, you like to call it the curse of Harry Kane. <laughs> Harry Kane. Shout, shout out to uh, arguably one of the greatest English players of all time to never have won anything. Um, but yeah, uh, Bayern is just looking really, uh, you know, unimpressive. But yeah, if they can win this, that'll be great. All right, Mike, you know we can go on for hours. Uh, thank you so much for being on the segment with me today. Um, and that wraps up the February 28th edition of the show. Hope you all have a great day. I'm Muck Bill Yabaro in Washington in for Sonny Young. And that's the sunny side of sports. I get it. 